Hey everybody, I'm Robert. And I'm Chris. And we're the Film Flamers. Returning to you now at the turn of the tide. <laughs> Does that mean it's time to shoot the flames? It is. Okay, good. Because that's what we do at the first of the month, listeners. We talk about all the reviews, comments, and questions from you, our listeners, as well as some horror news and some movie trailers and maybe some fun sprinkled in. Yeah. Who knows? It's a crapshoot. How have you been, Chris? Pretty good. Yeah. I mean, there's there's some small details like, you know, our podcast kitty is no more. Mm-hmm. So no more meows, for at least from my end. There's there's still some youthful, annoying meows from your end. That's right. Incessant, some might say. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm so sorry to hear that. And um, she'll be forever missed, our podcast kitty. But also, another uh, Academy Awards has come and gone. Good riddance. I mean, really, this particular year. I don't know. I kind of like... I used to have Oscar parties, which you've been a part of in the past. And um, mm-hmm. now I kind of feel like like Linus sitting in the pumpkin patch waiting for the great pumpkin every Oscars night. You know what I mean? I'm just like sitting there by myself in my living room, like hoping one day the Oscar will visit me or something. But yeah, I just I just with, uh, the way I visualize you is just like on your stomach on the floor with your, you know, your chin in your hands. And then you're like your back feet just kind of flipping by themselves you know well not this year <clears throat> i have never sighed so much during an oscars presentation <laughs> ever it was in boring my life. as fuck and oh the, my God. the debacle with uh putting the best actor win at the end and then not having <laughs> not having anthony hopkins there or even like a pre-recorded message because they banned zoom and everything else yeah was just like the most boring weird awkward thing ever so I mean, for real. I mean, I think they took a chance on Chadwick Boseman winning, winning that award, and he was deserving. And I'm, I'm sure Anthony Hopkins is too. I haven't seen that movie yet. But um, if you're going to take that kind of a risk, I mean, like, be prepared to do something. I mean, the, movie, the, the show just ended with, like, Anthony Hopkins won, Joaquin Phoenix was like, we accept this award, and then it was credits. And I was just like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, oh my God, <laughs> what's going on? And I mean, like my cousin had been texting me throughout the night and she was just like, if they're going to take that kind of a risk and I cut her off and I was just like, nope, I don't want to talk about it. I'm going to bed. I was just like, what a waste of time. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So either way, it pains me to say it, but Oscars do better. Yeah, I was I was kind of happy that Minari was um, nominated for so much. And I was very pleased that. It won Best Supporting Actress, although I was disappointed that it didn't win for Best Music, but I have not seen Soul. so I haven't either. I hear the music is really good. I mean, I, I like Trent Reznor, you know, so I mean, good. Wait, what? <laughs> Trent Reznor did the music for Soul? Yeah, he was nominated twice this year for two different movies for the scores that he's done. He's, he, I think he won in the past for The Social Network, so he's been doing scores for quite some time, but... Um, yeah, he I just wouldn't imagine the you know lead singer of Nine Inch Nails doing a Pixar movie. <laughs> so, but here we Michael are. Michael Chikino, <laughs> no. the guy from Nine Inch Nails. <laughs> They're mining '90s alternative to see like what else they can do. They're like, hey, okay. can you maybe do this Pixar movie? Sure, <laughs> I want to draw you like an animal. <laughs> All right, Alanis, come on in, <laughs> please. Ooh. <laughs> but we've already digressed no more talking about the oscars i guess that shit show let's talk about this shit show <laughs> no, <I'm sorry. laughs> 
Uh, so our dry spell is kind of over. We have uh, two reviews this month. And the first one comes from Lailua1. Um, and we wouldn't have known about this had we not, you know, pulled up Chartable, right? Because this is a review from Apple Podcasts France, mm-hmm. which doesn't show up in our American feed. Um, and they said, uh, let me see if I can do a French accent. Uh, super podcast. Merci. Wow. Yeah. And the Oscar goes too. Thank you. Oh my God. Come on. See, that's the kind of acting performance you want to end the show with right there. So mm-hmm. a big merci to you. And I guess, um, Derian. Our next review comes from Sputnik Around the Moon. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and they said, I found this podcast on a whim while looking for podcasts that deep dived into Day of the Dead from 1985. The hosts are pretty funny. I really enjoy their dark sense of humor. Their film analysis isn't too deep. It's what it's what you're looking for. It's mostly two friends giving their personal takes on horror movies, along with humor sprinkled in. Just fun, easy listening. Yeah, we've kind of. <laughs> I was thinking about that the other day. I feel like we've kind of like gone from like the fun facts of like the last summer with Jurassic Park and Jaws and and all the production history that we tend to do, and we've gotten a little bit more into like um, meta commentary, <laughs> <laughs> which is fine. We'll get back into the deep, deep, deep dives later. Yeah, I mean, and, you know, so if you found us on a whim, like, go back and listen to some older episodes. I mean, I think that we get pretty deep sometimes, right? It just depends on the movie. And you're not going to find anything too deep in comedy month. Yeah. I I mean, maybe, but (laughs) I don't know. Either way, we appreciate the reviews very, very much. It really helps us out over there on Apple Podcasts. So if you're listening on that and you want to leave a review, just head over there, give us five stars and way you like us, and we'll read your review next month. And uh, join us next year for Comedy Month when we deep dive into Drop Dead Gorgeous and discuss all of the important and resonant mise-en-scene. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, can we please do that movie there? <laughs> I really do want to, yes. I know, for sure. We got um, a lot of comments, too, and the first set of comments come from our Shooting the Flames episode from April. Kimberly over on Patreon said, The trailer for Aquarium of the Dead is on YouTube. This looks like the stupidest thing since Sharknado, and I'm here for it. And so are we. Very much. Perhaps next Horror Comedy Month, we'll be talking about Aquarium of the Dead. (laughs) Who knows? Along with Dr. Gorgeous. And at the real GL Hal Jordan said, I like the Day of the Dead far more than its predecessors. Night is just too hokey and cheap, where Dawn is just too damn goofy for my taste. I like Day for its ultra serious tone. Okay, so we're finding out that more and more people like Day of the Dead as their favorite, which is very interesting to me. I never expected that. Me too. I'm really surprised by it, right? And I mean, like, it, it's okay to have differing opinions about movies, right? So, I, having said that, I completely disagree. Like, I think that Night of the Living Dead is a fucking masterpiece, you know? Yeah, and I would say Dawn of the Dead is a masterpiece as well, or at least close to it. Personally, I feel like, in a way, they take moments where it doesn't take itself too serious. And to me, Day takes itself way too seriously. So I get the ultra serious tone there. But if you don't, if you're not like on board for that, like, and it's taking itself too seriously, it starts getting a little bit, I don't know, hokey for me. So it's like we have the opposite, like mirror reverse views of these films, even though they're all good. Yeah. And that 
that's the exact point is they're all they're all good and it's good to have a conversation about them right so we like like this comment any other we appreciate mm-hmm. people coming in because we learn things about our listeners and that's great just like our comment from Itza Mario because we sort of asked him a question on shooting the flames about his comments on Day of the Dead and he said firstly I'm not a zombie lol because I think we conjectured that maybe he was a zombie mm-hmm. Um, and he says, I can't pinpoint why I prefer Day of the Dead over Dawn, but it just resonated with me a lot more on my first watch. I think I went into Dawn with a huge expectation, which may have affected my experience, and I also felt it dragged a bit at times. Hmm. Okay. So, I mean, I can, I can get some of that, too. I know that Dawn of the Dead is kind of a long movie, you know? So, I mean, it's good. But thank you for clearing that up, and we're glad you're not a zombie. And maybe we've just done a little bit of uh, matchmaking for uh, Mario and the Green Lantern over there. Oh my goodness. Matchmaker. Matchmaker. Make me a match. What are you going to do then? We'll have to finish it. Otherwise, I would have never like, gone to sleep tonight. <laughs> <laughs> and from our deep dive of the Adams family, we had a lot of comments. And I, I feel like people disagreed with us on a few points, but we'll get to that. Uh, first comment is from Orion from Patreon and says, I adore these first two live action movies. They're like my most watched movies of all time and they never get old. And speaking of never getting old, you should check out Melissa Hunter's Adult Wednesday Adams skits on YouTube. I think I mentioned that. I didn't know I didn't know her name, but I, I did mention at some point. Um, maybe in the top 10 comedies, some, some other episode, I mentioned that there is a, a YouTube series for adult Wednesday Adams and it's excellent. And I really wish like they would redo that with like Christina Ricci. Um, but of course now the, uh, the rumor is that Christina Ricci is going to be playing, uh, Morticia in, um, the new Adams family on Netflix or Hulu or whatever it is. Oh my God. I hope so. And I remember like, <clears throat> I'm not a big YouTube watcher, so I rely on Chris sometimes to send me things. And there was a time when we were just hanging out and we sat there and watched like so many of those episodes on YouTube and they're fucking hilarious. So yeah, yes, we love them. Orion, uh, Nicole on Patreon said, it should absolutely not surprise you given my past tales of sketchy parenting, but my kids love the Adams family. The newish animated movie is really cute. They like the old TV show and I've shown them both feature films. They enjoy values more than the original because the baby has a mustache. <laughs> I, I completely forgot about most of the jokes before watching with them and whoops, I guess <laughs> the, <laughs> the family Adams is definitely a horror gateway for kids. These movies have now opened army of darkness doors. Wow. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> it's quite a leap. And I'm finally able to watch non-crappy kid flicks. We all listen to the deep dive and all three of us are eagerly awaiting your next installment because it is just such a fun movie. I also tear up a bit during these movies, mostly because I adore Raul Julia and we were just robbed of his talent way too soon. Any hoodle. Yeah. I'll just wrap this up with a big thank you for all the smiles you've brought to me and the tiny monsters since finding you at the start of this pandemic bullshit. May we all see gore on an actual movie screen soon. I keep forgetting that she has her kids. Well, <laughs> of course, it's that episode where we keep saying sell a portion. God, we apologize in advance. <laughs> just don't answer any difficult questions. They can write in. <laughs> Have right. your kids send us voicemails. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> well, thank what you, Nicole. Abortion. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Go ask your mother. <laughs> <laughs> and the cycle continues. Okay. <laughs> 
Thank you so much for that comment. Um, I really don't think your parenting is that sketchy. I think it's amazing. And if I had kids, I'd be doing the exact same thing. And we're so glad that you enjoy uh, the podcast as a family. I never thought that was going to be a thing when we started making this podcast. And I think Army of Darkness is a great next film. I feel like out of family, out of family values, and then to Army of Darkness, it's it's good enough. And the, of course, Army of Darkness is kind of a reverse gateway into the previous two <laughs> Evil Deads, you know. And so I feel like uh, I feel like she's doing it right. I haven't seen Army of Darkness probably since I don't know when did that movie come out, like. In the 90s? Uh, early 90s, yeah. Yeah, probably since like 2000. Mm-hmm. So I can't remember a lot of it. If it's a, I mean, I remember it. Maybe I because. It. I love it so much. <clears throat> maybe because. Little Skeleton like, Bagpiper. It's great. I mean, I remember liking it a lot. I need to rewatch it. I just, um, I kind of like think of that series as non kid friendly, right? So maybe I just need to rewatch that third movie because I just never. Oh, no. It's, it's very much a comedy at that point. Love it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, good for you, Nicole. We applaud you. At Itza Mario said, love this chat and learning a bit about the history of this infamous family. And I know everyone sees Christopher Lloyd as Doc Brown, but he will always be Judge Doom from Who Framed Roger Rabbit for me. I had completely forgotten about that. Yeah, I did too until he like wow. posted this on Twitter. And I've been like talking about watching that movie again for a long time and haven't followed through on my threat. But I also forgot that Christopher Lloyd was in it. So... <laughs> <laughs> at rl Terry one said incredibly interesting loved learning about the production of this movie i had no idea that Cher and hopkins were almost in this haven't seen this one as recently as values and probs need to rewatch yeah that was really interesting to me as well because i didn't know that but apparently there was a huge deal about Cher was going to be morticia and wanted to do it and people were trying to get her to do it and of course hopkins at that point wasn't quite as big as he is today or even 10 years ago um so it's uh it's really interesting about that casting yeah. I mean, I'm kind of glad that it went the way it did. Like, I just, I still don't see Cher in that role, really. But, and I certainly see Anthony Hopkins in that role. But, so it turned out perfectly the way they cast it. At Sonic Society said, interesting. I wouldn't classify it as a horror. A horror parody, perhaps. Perhaps. Yeah, we had that whole conversation. And I think that's where people started to kind of disagree with sort of different opinions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which leads into this comment. So Michael over on Facebook says, so I'm going to disagree on defining the Adams family as not a horror film. I believe it is a horror film, a very funny horror film. Is it scary? Perhaps not in the traditional sense, but the jokes were jokes to the audience. The characters were being 100% real when saying them. Think about all the dark things they said, referred to, etc. Whether they come out and directly say it or heavily imply it, the Adamses are at best criminals or at worst serial killers. Imagine being their neighbors, the constant fear of Wednesday planning your death or Pugsley pulling a very dangerous prank resulting in your mutilation. The list goes on. The Munsters are a Saturday morning sugary cereal compared to the twisted psychos that make up the Adams clan. Well, this is a very interesting opinion, you know, because I feel like genre isn't actually, you know, diegetic it's non-diegetic right it's the perspective of the audience and so i kind of have to like respectively dis- disagree here mm-hmm. um you know especially because there is sarcasm within the world diegetic world of the adams family like um when they say what is what does camp chippewa stand for and and wednesday goes it means orphan she's being sarcastic it doesn't really mean orphan you know what i mean like she's, mm-hmm. she's trying to like be a little she's trying to be kind of a difficult because she's a teenager and she's being fun because that's Wednesday. Of course, from the first film, we do get to see Pugsley like pulling out the stop signs and things like that, you know, but I, I agree with like your, your framing of them, but that's like not the, the, 
you know, the non-diegetic, you know, experience of the audience. And so I think there's a debate to be had there. Yeah. And I agree. I mean, it's not very often that we cover a movie where we ask the questions, it's a horror movie and we say no. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I sort of stand by that. Like, I, I really don't think that it's a horror movie or it was intended to be a horror movie. Um, we talk about horror adjacency a lot on this podcast. And I think that, you know, when we come to these like conclusions that things are horror, horror adjacent, right. I think most of the time when it's adjacent, it was not intentional on the filmmaker's part, right. They were trying to create a different kind of movie. Um, and that's the case with this one too. I think they were creating a comedy based on a franchise that was already there. And if they wanted to make it more horrific or more dark, I think they had a lot more territory to mine. They could have made it darker than it really is. Right. Yeah. But I was also thinking about our question about why it didn't succeed as well. I was looking back at that trailer because we always put the trailer when we're editing the episode, but kind of rarely we should start watching the trailer before we actually record. I know, we dive. almost never do. <laughs> yeah. And we, we pretty much almost never do, but um, it's funny because one thing that we've seen and what we've noticed is that audiences hate, absolutely fucking hate any violence or threat of violence to children or babies. Yeah. Right. And they put that right in the trailer. And it was a big theme of the trailer was, you know, how the, the kids are out to kill their younger brother, their baby, you know. And so people just don't like that, especially the people that Adam's family makes fun of. You know, and so it's like there's a lot of people that they alienated with that trailer and being darker, you know, so it's just uh, it's just interesting to me. So whatever. It wasn't made for them. It was made for us and it will forever live in our hearts. That's true. That's right. So uh, let's talk about a comment from our Flamers flashback episode on Patreon. And this one we covered Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. And Kimberly said, oh, you should do a hot take on Wuthering Heights or adjacent. I read it and honestly hated the book. Heathcliff was a complete creep. Agreed. <laughs> I am not that well-read, apparently. I've never read Wuthering Heights, although I'm well-read enough to know it's a book. Um, I've never read the, uh, or I've never seen the movies either. Yeah, I mean, it's like super horror adjacent, like based on atmosphere, right? I think, you know, all the moors and things like that. But Heathcliff was a complete asshole. And um, <clears throat> I don't know. I, I don't think I've seen a movie version of Wuthering Heights. I'll watch one, Kimberly, and maybe we'll throw it on another uh, bonus episode sometime in the future. Well, Heathcliff did terrorize his neighborhood. Wasn't he a cat too in a different like cartoon series? Like Heathcliff. that's what it is. Heathcliff, <laughs> Heathcliff, no one should terrorize the neighborhood. You didn't get my joke. No, I didn't because I, <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen that cartoon. I just think I know what he is in my mind. I watched Garfield. I don't know. <laughs> Garfield and Friends. But look at you. I mean, so well versed in cartoons. I'm so proud. And from our deep dive on Ghost, we got an email. It said, hey, guys, my name is Tim. I'm a new listener. I know this was a little while ago, but I wanted to say I really enjoyed your ghost movie episode. The movie mix at the beginning had me reliving the best parts of the movie. So good. Anyway, I'm enjoying the podcast and just wanted to drop in and say hello. Keep flaming. Well, thank you very much, Tim. We love it when people go back and, and listen to some of our older episodes and Ghost is actually not really that old. It's only a couple months. But I mean, like we usually get only the freshest of comments from things. Mm-hmm. And I'd really like people to go back and like listen to things that we did like two, three years ago. Not yes. that we're even three years old yet, but <laughs> we're getting there. Almost. Yeah. yeah we're, we're getting up there, you know, over the And also we don't get that many emails that often too. Yeah. So, I mean, like, thank you for making the inbox like yeah. alive. So one little question I have for you, Tim, is like, do you mean the by movie mix? Do you mean like our synopsis that we read or did you mean like the trailer? Because that was straight up the trailer <laughs> from the movie. So inquiring minds want to know. Yes, please. 
uh, we got another question and well, I don't know if it's really a question, but it's more of a recommendation from Nicole in our email inbox. Christy, you want to read that? Sure. So she said, uh, she sent me a kind of a cryptic email first and said, so we're only four episodes in, but them on Amazon is a great horror series. I'll keep you posted as we continue to watch. And then later she sent me another one. Uh, that said, so now we've finished the series. It was terrifying. I've read reviews that it was too much like Get Out or Us, which I totally disagree with, but I won't go into that. Creepy. Real horror and supernatural horror. Historically accurate setting and events, beautifully shot, and great costumes and sets. We loved it, but it was a rough watch. Curious if you've heard anything about it. P.S. Saying this is like Us is like comparing 28 Days Later to Dawn of the Dead. Just because they're zombies or in this case, a black family of four, misses all of the points. Well, you've sold me, so I am definitely going to be checking that out. Well, thank you, Nikki. You know, I have seen things online about people watching this show, and most of the people seem to like it very, very much. Critically, I don't think so, but, um, I mean, sometimes who cares what they think, right? I mean, a lot of people have viscerally enjoyed the show and have called it some of the most terrifying things they've seen in a long time, and so, like, I'm definitely ready for it. So we got our first anonymous question. Not really anonymous, like I know who this person is, but um, for the sake of their anonymity, we're not going to say their name. Oh. I know. So they said, I'm submitting a question for your Shooting the Flames episode. Um, My question is about Scream 5. How would you rate your anticipation? A. So excited I could burst. B. Looking forward to it. C. Going in with tempered expectations. D, eh, I'll see it. Or E, no interest in seeing it at all. I don't know the premise, so, John Galt, I have to say C. C, going in with tempered expectations? Yeah. Yeah, and I am going to say B, looking forward to it. Just because I like that franchise quite a bit, and I've liked all the other movies, so it stands to reason I like this one, you know? But with a little mix of C in there, you know, I'm sort of like... You know, tempered expectations. We'll see what happens. But so full disclosure on this question, this person has was given a chance to see the movie already, mm-hmm. but they had to sign a disclosure agreement saying they wouldn't talk about it. So we're not going to say who they are, um, but they've seen the movie. They've asked the question. There's our answer. And um, you should know that I might be reaching out to you to get some more tea. So. <laughs> And how did they get to see it already? I don't, because they, I mean, I was going to say, I was going to say where they live, but I shouldn't even say that. I don't know. But I mean, if uh, people are seeing like screenings of this thing, I need to know how you were able to see it and how I can get on this kind of a list. And I can tell you, I will travel to watch these movies. So, (laughs) Mm -hmm. I mean, well, guys, it's time to shout out our patrons at the Film Flamer tier or higher. And they are Ben. Penelope. Amber. And a Especially Lisa. <laughs> especially Bart. But especially Lisa. <laughs> a big thanks to you guys for staying with us at that tier. We really appreciate all the support. And to all of our other patrons, please go visit patreon.com slash thefilmflamers to find all of our bonus content, early access to episodes, and join the family over there. Horror News. So, Stephen King's Carrie is now a limited series in the works at FX. Yeah, I threw this on the docket because we're going to be talking about Carrie this month in May. And um, the other reason why is why. (laughs) (laughs) 
I mean, I'm sure we'll get into this discussion when we do a deep dive into it, but my God, how many times are we going to make Carrie? Yeah. And I only liked the one time. Mm, again, we'll get into it in the other episodes, but <laughs> anyway. I didn't like the remake at all. I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh, you, which one? The the miniseries version that already came out? Oh, God. The one with... Yeah, I remember that came out in like the early thousands. Uh, I thought that was... I, I remember thinking that was okay. Uh, the movie that came out was bad. It was just bad. And then um, there was there was good moments in it, I would say. Mm-hmm. But uh, overall, it was just bad. But now they're going to stretch it out to longer than a miniseries. This is a limited series, so it's going to be full season length. So um, I guess we're going to have to wait and see what FX does with it. But um, I'm just going to leave this with uh, with why FX why. Do you know if they're yeah? Do you know if they're like modernizing it or? It didn't have anything else aside from that they're going to do it, and okay. I'm like. Okay. I mean, unless you can write an article or tell journalists like how you're going to be different from the other 1001 versions of Carrie, like just just put it on the air and see what people think of it. Don't tease it. Who does um who does American Horror Story? Is that FX? Uh yes. Okay. I'm wondering if this is their kind of one of their plays to kind of fill the hole that's going to be the void essentially that's going to be there once uh, American Horror Story is done. I mean, it's possible. Yeah, because this I mean, is their last season. Have... No, they have one more. I thought this was the the one that's coming out. Is their last season? No, there's one more after that. What? They were yeah. They signed on for two seasons after the last season. So I don't know. And plus, they also have a spinoff now too. So they'll have American Horror Story and then American Horror Stories, which is going to be like uh, each episode is a different entity into itself, like a like a real anthology. So okay, but with like the the cast troupe. Or no, we don't know yet. Whatever. Okay, coasting on that yeah. brand. Mm-hmm. Right. So, but moving on from that, Whistler Camp is a horror movie that's going to be coming out that's set at a gay conversion camp. It's coming from Blumhouse and the Penny Dreadful creator. I looked at this article and I was just like, oh, okay. So, like, I'm hoping it's not going to be like the tongue in cheek or like the like the making a, a joke out of everything, but it looks like it's going to be. The more I think about it, <laughs> the more it, it reminds me of the New Mutants. <laughs> but what do I know? Oh, I didn't even think about that. But oh my God, you're actually right. You know, so when I saw this headline, I was just like, OK, I can see it. You know, I mean, like, because for me, a gay man, uh, the thought of going to conversion camp is really horrifying. And if you do this in just the right way, it can be quite, quite scary, you know, mm-hmm. but they could very easily make it not i guess and of course new mutants also ended with two uh, lesbians kissing so <laughs> i mean there's hope for it i mean i, ha- I have hope that blumhouse would make you know a, a straightforward serious horror movie about this particular subject and um i mean penny dreadful was a really good show and i think this is going to be the first time that that person gets to direct anything so yeah well i'm looking forward to it especially if they you know play it straight but um, <laughs> I just didn't say that ironically. Um, <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> but, you know, speaking of potentially devastating career choices, Emilio Estevez regrets making Maximum Overdrive. <laughs> and again, why, Emilio? Why? I mean, <laughs> probably because the director was coked out the entire fucking time. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. I mean, I saw this headline and I had to click on it and read the whole damn article. And I guess he was doing an interview with Vanity Fair 
and they asked about if you're if you ever had any regrets or what titles he regretted making <laughs> and so here's a quote okay okay oh god yeah <laughs> i'm not speaking out of class because he knows it's a terrible movie but Stephen King often talks about this one, his directorial experience on Maximum Overdrive, which I was in. The few times I've connected with him over the years, he's like, can you forgive me for that? I mean, I'm not quite sure that he said that to him, but Emilio goes on to say, I think at one point my mom said, why'd you do that movie? I said, I wanted to work with Stephen King. And she said, couldn't you have helped him paint his house? <laughs> I like that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't think it's that bad of a movie or maybe because we've had like 30 years to reflect on it or something, but it's pretty bad. <laughs> I don't know. I've seen some other Emilio Estevez movies and I'm like, really? Okay. This is the one. But I mean, apparently he regrets it enough to like bring it up. In it's a fun movie. It's not boring, which would be the Cardinal yeah. Sun, right? So like this, it's, it's a fun movie still. It's bad, but it's a, it's a good bad. That's true. I don't know. I just really, I mean, like, Emilio, if you're listening, like, I want you to go back and revisit your filmography and just maybe make sure you made the right choice when someone asks you that question. Ooh. <laughs> Ouch. Well, you never know what it was like on set, you know, because Stephen King may not be apologizing directly for the movie itself, but for the making of it and behaviors on set and things like that, because everything starts at the top. And if Stephen King was completely coked out, which we know he was based yeah. on his own admission, you know, that, that may not have been the most fun set to be on. You know what I mean? So that's true. Yeah. And I guess I didn't look at that. I didn't look at the full Vanity Fair interview. So he may have gone on to say like the experience was bad or whatever. But I mean, I kind of got the gist via joblow.com that we'll link to in the show notes as we will for the rest of these articles uh, that he just didn't like the movie itself or the way it turned out, you know? So, I mean, so last up on our horror news is a pretty big one for the film flamers or one flamer in general. (sighs) Mike Flanagan is set to direct season of passage for universal. (laughs) (laughs) It was only a matter of time. I feel like we've been like working up with our talk of Mike Flanagan and our love for him and his series since we started this podcast, he's kind of grown with this podcast, honestly. Um, you know, his series came out, uh, what, you know, shortly after our podcast came out, um, you know, obviously Dr. Sleep came out, you know, so it's like his, his career's kind of completely rocketed since, uh, since yeah. we started our podcast and we really followed his career. And of course we've also talked about like horror novels and we've talked about what we wish he would do based on like other things that he's doing. And we've, We've spoken at least several times about Season of Passage, right? Mm-hmm. And my yeah. plan again, and I just love that this actually, actually happened. I feel like I'm still going to like wake up from a dream or something. So I'm, I'm really excited that he's doing it. Um, I'm, first of all, I'm really excited that Season of Passage is being made into a movie, you know, let, let alone a series about other stories from Christopher Pike. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm super just beside myself that Mike Flanagan is the one that's doing it. So hopefully he can do it because, you know, best of luck to him because it is an epic book or a book of epic proportions and, and settings and things like that. So, you know, I, I almost can't see it as one single movie. I'd rather see it as a miniseries, a very high budget miniseries or uh, a multiple movies. Whenever you loan this book to me and I read it, I mean, I almost felt like it was an unfilmable kind of book. And I was like, there's just no way. In a way that when I read Dr. Sleep for the first time, I was like, there's no way they can make this a movie just based on the movie that came before it, right? So, but if anyone in the horror community is going to prove us wrong about anything, it's Mike Flanagan. And so whenever he tweeted 
this piece of news and I happened to be scrolling through Twitter, I literally like almost had a heart attack trying to send it to you. I was just like, oh my God, I have to talk to Chris right away. <laughs> so I was having such a bad day too. And then I saw that and it was just like, it just like, it spanked my mop it right away. We'll just say that. <laughs> I kind of hope that we had something to do with this. Mike Flanagan, if you'd like secretly listen to our podcast, even though you've already tweeted in response to us and some way and you just remembered season of passage based on our conversations just remember that we would like to visit set we want to see the cut first and we want first dibs on an interview so you know you know how to reach us right (laughs) coming soon so we have a whole handful of trailers for you and so what's the first one we're talking about chris the conjuring three the devil made me do it what a silly title. Yeah. I mean, just cut that other part. I mean, have the other conjurings have a, like a subtitle to them? I don't I don't think so. This is the conjuring and the conjuring two, but all of a sudden we have the conjuring three. The devil made me do it. Yeah, you know, I'd rather have one or the other, you know? Like it's kind of a provocative title, you know, or you know, something. Like the devil made me do it. It's like there will be blood or something, you know? Yeah. Versus mm-hmm. conjuring three with that as a subtitle, it's like a wordy. Yeah, a little bit. Whatever. But it's a pretty good trailer. I mean, what did you think? Um, yeah, I, I'm looking forward to it. I I like this series. I like this universe. I'm a big fan of James Wan and what he's created here. I like the franchise. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I have to completely agree with you. I was looking forward to the movie before we saw a trailer. Um, just because, like you said, I like the universe. And especially with Annabelle Comes Home, we can see how the Warrens sort of can fit into the universe a little bit more. So even though this is being teased as the last Conjuring movie, I think we all know that's not the case. But um, lots of good, like, creepy atmosphere and jump scares in this trailer in a way that James Wan does well, right? So, I mean, lots of hands crawling over the tops of things, which no one likes. Vera Farmiga running around in that, poof sleeve you know it's pretty fucking horrific on its own but like falling off a mountain and shit yeah it it almost seems like they're they're really grabbing onto like i i this is a guess but based on the trailer and and some some lines that i'm kind of alluding from this is is a that they're they're continuing the whole valak thing as like the series bad guy Mm -hmm. you know and i'm I'm hoping that they don't do that. I think Valak is great for her own little thing, but I feel like the story, these stories are better kind of singular and alone, like chapters, you know, like, uh, like the files they were like X-Files, you know what I mean? Yeah, I agree. I mean, and I mean, don't call out the last. I mean, there's lots of different like Warren's published books that we can visit for stories. So yeah, but they're going to keep like scraping the bottom of the, you know, more and more bottom of the barrel, you know? (laughs) So I feel like there's going to be diminishing returns. So you got to get like better and better talent, you know, or writers or something involved to make them like better than they are. So I don't know. We'll see. I don't know. I'm always so weary when people say it's the last, right? It's the last of something. Cause it's almost never the case. I mean, look at Cher. My God, she just went on tour again for like her fifth <laughs> farewell tour, right? Or whatever. <laughs> there will be a conjuring four. Mm. The devil made Cher do it. There will I be mean, blood. Come on. <laughs> Next up on our trailers list is a movie called Oxygen, directed by one of my favorite horror directors, Alexandra Aja. So he's he's done like uh, movies like Mirrors, Piranha 3D, Horns, The Pyramid, Crawl which I loved from uh, 2019. This seems like a really big zoom in for me uh, based on his other work and kind of like that Ryan Reynolds, like stuck in a coffin thing, or really the whole thing is based on like Prometheus is like medical tube 
pod. <laughs> so it's like basically the whole movie is just like that moment strung out over two hours. So I don't know. It I, The trailer looks really confusing and weird. I'll check it out, but it's not something I'm going to rush out and see. I mean, I, I like the man as a director enough to like be anticipating this movie. Yeah. Um, but you're right. It does look like a, a huge zoom in from some of his normal work. And he's also usually pretty fucking bloody when he makes movies. And so I'm like, are they leaving the right parts out of this trailer? You know, or has he totally changed a sort of like directorial style? And I'm super interested to see how this movie goes. It's a it's about a woman who wakes up in like this cryogenic freezer and has a very limited amount of oxygen to, you know, make sure she makes her way out of it. Hey, and that's the name of the thing. That's right. We'll just call it oxygen in English. And um, she has this whole like minority report moving things around with her hands on the screen, you know, and so like there's things going on. But um I don't know. I mean, I'm sure in true Aja fashion, there's a surprise waiting for us. And um, I'm ready to see it. She's got jazz hands and sci-fi fingers. (laughs) Sci-fi fingers. (laughs) We just look like a really pointy band director. You know what I mean? <laughs> I ruined. I just, I just ruined the movie for you. I'm so sorry. You did. I'm never gonna watch it now. It'll be like conducting the rest of the fucking movie. Great, but it's gonna be on Netflix. I think like in May sometime or early June. So look forward to that. I'm sure we'll be talking about it again. But possibly the most exciting thing on this list for trailers is Love, Death, and Robots Volume Two. I am so excited about this because the first series was so good. Every episode was so different and yet so unique, and 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 the quality was just tip top all the way for uh, the producers to kind of get all these different, you know, disparate animation studios and writers and everything to do that at the same like level of quality. It was just amazing to see. And I just loved it. And they were all so thought provoking and, and kind of beautiful in their own way. And so the, this trailer is just amazing and I cannot fucking wait for it. Yes. I completely agree with you. Like when this first, when this show first came out, um, I was like, oh, you know, it looks pretty, but I'll probably never watch it. And this is one of those things where you're like, no, Robert, sit down and watch it with me. And um, it's so good. And like every single episode I was just like enthralled with. And it's just beautiful to look at. And this trailer is equally as beautiful to look at, if not even a little bit more beautiful. Yeah, you could possibly Mm -hmm. imagine. So um, and plus there's a monster in this trailer that just looks amazing and frightening. And I am here for it. Mm -hmm. All of it. It also looks a little bit more heavier on the love and death. Right. And so like I I really like emotion and melodrama and. So I I say bring it on. Yeah, and who knows? Because they 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 usually keep the horror a little bit closer to the chest, you know. But there was like vampires and werewolves and and other things. I think like two different werewolf ones or two Mm -hmm. different vampire ones and monster ones. And so there was a a lot of horror in the previous one. There was like an aliens one, and you know. And so I'm sure they're going to be just as much in this one. But they they like to keep that to the chest. And another thing that I really liked about this trailer was that they also announced Volume Three for 2022. Right. Yes. And so uh, they're they really obviously have done well and um, they've gotten a lot of buy in uh, and faith from from Netflix uh, for that. And so I can't uh, I'm just really hoping that they continue the series on and that it maintains its level of quality um, because it's one of the best things out there that you, that you can stream, in my opinion. I completely agree. And if you haven't seen that first volume, go and watch it before volume two comes out. You will not regret mm-hmm. it. I promise. This is from someone who doesn't like animation, really. So yeah, go go watch. You it. do, you do though. You just don't seek it out. You're like me. 
Yeah, <laughs> you're like, it's true. You're right. <laughs> I'll just drag my goddamn feet every single time I'm like presented with any kind of animation. And then I always end up liking it. So I know. And in spades too, like I'll watch it and I'm like a movie that I've like said, I'm not going to watch this for like years and years. I'm sure that when I finally sit down to watch Wally, I'll be forever changed as a person. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 <laughs> I know. I know. Next up on our trailers list is a Zack Snyder movie called Army of the Dead. And, um, I mean, it looks it looks like a Zack Snyder movie. It looks like a movie. It certainly does. <laughs> I don't. I mean, maybe judging from your tone, you're less excited than I am about this one. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, what does it seem like to you? Okay, so they've been talking about this movie being made for a long time. Mm-hmm. Apparently, the script has been floating around, and uh, they changed a lot of it. We actually talked about this movie being made way, way back. We did. On one of our first Shooting the Flames episodes. Mm-hmm. And they were talking about scenes about like zombie rape and things like that and why this movie was never going to be made. And then here we are, and it's coming out soon on Netflix, mm-hmm. right? So um, when I saw the trailer, it wasn't quite what I was expecting. It's very confusing. Yeah. It's like three different movies in one trailer. Mm-hmm. and i'll just have to see it i feel like it's Zack snyder trying to do like an epic he, she keeps trying to do an epic and he keeps failing miserably by making just good movies <laughs> instead of <laughs> <laughs> you know what I, mean? I don't know if that's a bad review or not I mean, like, <laughs> well it's like a backhanded review that's kind of like watching a Zack snyder film you don't know if it's a great film or not i'm intrigued you know so I mean, he's like, but, I mean, here's the last my movie. Time- and you're like, yes, it is. And so we, <laughs> Good for you. yes, and we enjoy those Zack Snyder movies. The last time he directed zombies, though, I really enjoyed it. Yes. So, I mean, we deep dove it. Uh, we did. We deep dove way into that. However. Yes, we like, did. No, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but that movie was seriously lacking a zombie tiger, which I'm not quite sure is something I need in my life. Like, to be honest, but when I saw that tiger, I was like, okay. Well, this, I, I, we, we just talked recently about our, our, our hatred of zombies that talk. Yes. Right. Okay. And so th- that was from Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. we like the, you know, we're old school zombies. They, they can walk, they can run, but please don't like, you know, be quoting Shakespeare at us. And so these zombies look like they're a little bit more like Mad Max, right? It's like his Mad Max. And there's a lot of weird like setup. And then it's like the zombie part of this trailer comes out of nowhere. So I was like, I really confused by the setting. I just, I just need to sit down and, and watch it. I know I've, I've been nodding my head the whole time he was talking <laughs> because it's exactly how I feel about this trailer. You know, like I was waiting, waiting for one of those zombies to like say something meaningful. And I would be like, no, <laughs> you know, and then I would have like canceled it completely, but that didn't happen. Even though they seem to be problem solving yep. and, you know, amassing themselves into a horde, which is fine. Well, no, like a political know? structure, like a queen and like a court, yeah. <laughs> so like that, okay? Like, there's <laughs> like zombie parties, zombie coke lines. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I do need to watch it. I mean, so I, I will watch this movie. I like Zack Snyder. I like zombies. I love Las Vegas. You know what I mean? So I'm like, sign me up. Yeah. Um, but I'm, I'm, if I, am flabbergastedly disappointed with it i'm probably not going to be flabbergastedly surprised by that judgment it's a vegas heist movie but it also has to do with the zombie apocalypse and mad max kind of vibe so it's really confusing so this trailer is not doing it any favors 
maybe it's just a movie that you cannot you can't possibly make a trailer for but you know other movies that that are like that have done well by hanging a lantern on it like you need like a morpheus character to be like no one can talk about the matrix you have to see it for yourself you know you need someone (laughs) saying no one can talk about army of the dead you have to see it for yourself so i mean quite frankly that's all true um before we move on i'll leave you with one question in the zombie apocalypse why do we need to steal a whole bunch of money? Hasn't money already become useless at that point? I mean, so doesn't that like negate the entire purpose of the entire movie? I mean, like, <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> oh my God. God help you, Zack Snyder. Yeah. If I watch this movie, it's over. <laughs> I don't know what I can do. I have to excuse myself from any of my reactions to it at that point. So, but I think we can all say that will never happen no. either. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, what's last on our list? Uh, something called Death Rank, which I <laughs> he, you added it to this spreadsheet of ours and or this document, and uh, <laughs> and I just put a sub a sub bullet of why, <laughs> and then he responded with because it just looks awful, <laughs> but it looks like and I didn't. It looks like Thanksgiving. But not f- not purposely funny. Like they actually tried to make a good movie, but it just looks like shit. It looks like totally yeah. student film. I don't know. We'll give it the benefit of the doubt. But it's just like one of the many, many, you know, like shit looking horror film trailers you can find on YouTube. And I don't know how it made its way on this document or into your ears. But here it is. Death Rink. Um, I can answer all of those questions. Um, I saw it on a bloody disgusting post on Facebook. Oh, and I was okay. just like death rank okay i'll watch this trailer and i thought well this looks like a piece of shit and it has been my life's work when getting ready for shooting the flames to find at least one ridiculous looking horror movie to throw a trailer up there for because there's so much fun to talk about that will be your legacy but i know that's right i will carry that to my aquarium whatever (laughs) aquarium of the dead death rank and that fucking um there was one like last year about some sort of serial killer. I don't even know. I never watched the movie. I probably should, but I don't know. This movie is about a group of like high school kids who work at a skating rink. And I can't tell if it's like in the past or in the present day. And I'm like, well, there are no skating rinks in the present day. Right. But, uh, someone's killing them. Yep. Brutally Mm -hmm. with skating paraphernalia. And, um, it just looks like a really poorly written. It really looks like a piece of shit. But you know what? We're here for it. <laughs> yeah, we really are. So, I mean, if the director of that movie is listening to this episode, which I'm sure he's not, he or she, I'm sorry, I don't know, we'll watch it. I mean, I'm not going <laughs> to put my nose up to it. I mean, like, real coming up real close on my docket is like Killer Sofa. So, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and really, I mean, like, we cannot, well, I cannot express how excited I am to watch Aquarium of the Dead. Oh, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I. Well, that just I looks to watch it. And I have good, bad, bad, good. good. You know what I mean? One of those. Yes. And I have to watch it with you. Mm-hmm. Like I refuse to watch a career with anybody else. I, I cannot watch it alone. I have to watch it with you. And um, maybe one day we'll deep dive into that. I just don't want to be disappointed by it again. Like one last time we were really excited about a shitty looking movie that we thought would be funny in a dark way. It was that stupid musical? Oh my <laughs> gosh. End of the apocalypse. <laughs> yeah, we're like the only two yeah. people on earth though. who don't Yeah. Like everyone else loves it. So. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe we should try it again. Never. Never gonna happen. I don't want to think real. about that. No. Okay. No, no, no. Not gonna happen. 
Well, I think that just about wraps up our Shooting the Flames episode for May. Um, we'd like to know what you think about this episode and all the episodes that we put out on the Film Flamers. So you can find us at the Film Flamers on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. And uh, you can email us at tiredqueens at filmflamers.com. That's right. Just like Nikki and Tim did. And you can call our hotline, which no one's done in months at 972-666-7733. We have a lot of stuff coming out for you in the month of May. Uh, We're going to be talking about Carrie and also the rage. (laughs) Carrie (laughs) Dunn. I've been looking forward to talking about Carrie for quite some time. So stay tuned for that episode. And until next time, guys. Sweet dreams. They're all gonna laugh at you. I was gonna be like, Chris, I can see your dreams. <laughs> They're called breath, mama. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>